we go. You are listening to Law and Gospel on this Bible Study Wednesday, October the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're taking a look at Proverbs. And we're going to be looking at chapter 13, verses 14 and following. Now, after Solomon, who's written Proverbs by the Holy Spirit, has given wisdom to his son in the first eight chapters, he then begins by talking about the difference between the believer and the unbeliever, or the wise person and the foolish person. And most of the verses contrast each of them. But we begin with verse 14 of chapter 13. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Now, what is meant by a fountain of life? That is a stream that is always flowing. Most of the streams in Palestine would only flow after a rainstorm that would fill them up with water and they would flow. But a fountain of life is always flowing and it may turn someone away from the snares of death. You just can't help understanding that the fountain of life is none other than Jesus Christ himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And remember when he gave that wonderful conversation with the woman Samaritan at the well and said, I have water to drink that you will never be thirsty again. He was talking, of course, about his message. And she wanted that. Went back and told the villagers, and they believed he was the Messiah. They went out and talked to him, and from his own words, they again agreed that he was the promised one. So there was a village of Samaritans that came to faith because of one woman who had gone back and told them what Jesus had said to them. He became a fountain of life. Now there's something else very interesting with this particular verse. This is one of the only verses in these chapters without antithetical parallelism. What? What is antithetical parallelism? Well, each verse usually says, this is the wise in comparison to this is the unwise, the believer versus the unbeliever. But this verse only talks about the believer. All the verses around it talk about each of them. This is what we meant, that it is a verse 
without antithetical parallelism, without both sides being spoken of. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. That's talking about those who have wisdom. But then from there on, the various verses have antithetical parallelism, either first talking about the wise and then the unwise, or first talking about the unwise and then the wise. The next verse, verse 15 of chapter 13 of Proverbs, good sense wins favor, but the way of the treacherous is their ruin. Now, here we're understanding that good sense means the sense that comes from God himself. That's what the whole book of Proverbs is about, giving us insight into God's thinking and how he produces good sense. And that wins favor. Or another way of saying it, good sense wins God's grace. In other words, when we follow the life and the example of Jesus in the area of sanctification, then we can be confident that God will be gracious to us. Remember the Beatitudes in Matthew 5? These are the ways in which God is giving us his favor and grace. But the way of the treacherous is their ruin. Now, the treacherous, of course, refers to unbelievers. And their way is ruin. That's because of where their perspective is. Their perspective is on gaining more goods, treasure, stocking up, and keeping it. But of course, when they die, they take nothing with them, and they are ruined. In fact, that's what happened to Solomon. At the beginning of his kingship, he was a wonderful king, building the temple giving wisdom to individuals. And people would come to him like the Queen of Sheba to hear of his wisdom. But then he had a real fault. He married 600 women, became his wives. And on top of the 600 wives, he had 300 concubines. Now, what was so terrible about that is that he felt a real love for these women, and therefore, when they wanted to worship their idols, he would help them to do so by building them worship places for their idols. And of course, God had already told the Israelites that they were not to intermarry with the Canaanites. And yet Solomon did 900 times that kind of a sin. 
and no wonder the kingdoms fell apart. So the way of the treacherous is their ruin. Verse 16, every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool flaunts his folly. Another word for folly is his stupidity. What does it mean that he flaunts his stupidity? It means that he displays it to others. You know people like this who are not prudent and listening to God, and therefore they flaunt their foolishness of doing things that they aren't capable of handling. And people get to know them. Uh, for example, it's very difficult to find someone who can give you an honest price for something you're selling. Uh, for example, I have a guitar. It looks pretty old, but it plays well. And I, I'm not sure how much it is worth. I do have a guitar place I go to to buy items from for my sound system, etc. And I know what they sell them for. But I'm not confident that if I would take the guitar to one of the salesmen, that he would really tell me what it's worth. Because they also buy instruments from individuals. I have to have someone I trust. So therefore, I'd be looking for someone who's a member of the congregation and has shown a track record of being trustworthy. And therefore, I could therefore ask him, how much is this guitar worth? And he'll tell me and I'll believe it. And then I'll sell it for just under that amount, so people get a good deal. That's what a prudent man does. He acts with knowledge. And in Proverbs, the word knowledge really refers to wisdom from God, giving you information about how you should make certain decisions. Verse 17, Again, this one begins not with the believer, but the unbeliever. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful envoy brings healing. Now, notice that the first part is dealing with an unbeliever. Who is a wicked messenger from God's point of view. Well, the word angelos, angel, was really a messenger, a messenger that was not wicked when they went to the shepherds and told them about the birth of the Christ, an angel that was not wicked who was sent to the Virgin Mary to tell her that through her the Messiah would be born. 
But then you had wicked messengers like many of the Pharisees and it had people fall into trouble. In other words, wicked messengers not only fall into trouble on their own, but they cause trouble to others. How many people in Judaism believe that they're saved by doing good works when good works have no bearing at all on whether you are saved or not? God doesn't look at your works. He looks at what your faith is, who you believe. And that's why a faithful envoy, that would be a trustworthy individual, brings healing, not only to himself, but also to others. Who is a faithful envoy? Well, it is a believer who is faithful in bringing healing to a person who is most discomforted, perhaps because of an illness or because of an accident or because they are losing their house, they can't keep up the payments or many other reasons. The envoy is faithful and brings healing to disturbed minds. And that healing comes to himself and to others. Verse 18, poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. Now we'll take a look at the second part because that's dealing with a believer. Whoever heeds reproof, another way of saying that is whoever conforms to correction is honored. Reproof is what a child needs because they are born as sinners and need discipline and reproof and reprimand and instruction as to what is the right way to think and to live and what is the wrong way. So a wicked messenger not only falls into trouble because he's not listening to God, but because he's falling into trouble for others and they listen to his advice and end up falling into trouble. In contrast to a faithful envoy who brings honor to himself and to others as he explains God's meaning for whatever problem you are dealing with. Verse 18, poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. So if you conform to correction from God, you will be honored by other people. But if you ignore God's instructions, poverty and disgrace may come to you, not only here in your life on earth, 
but especially after death. Verse 19, a desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul, but to turn away from evil is an abomination to fools. So what is a desire that is sweet to the soul that gets fulfilled? It's the desires that the Holy Spirit puts into your heart, desires to live a certain way, to obey God according to his commandments. And therefore, when those desires are fulfilled, they are sweet to the soul. But for an unbeliever to tell him to turn away from evil is actually a disgusting piece of advice because he enjoys the evil. People who feel their whole life is filled with possessions and you tell them, well, perhaps you can share your possessions with others. They become like that rich man who did not help out Lazarus, the poor man who was at his gate, wishing to have even some of the food that fell from the rich man's table. But the rich man was not looking to help that poor man. His world was centered on him. And so it was an abomination to him to act according to God's will. Verse 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. When I was growing up in a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregation, I attended regular meetings of what was referred to as the Walther League. This was a group of students who got together, and at times we organized plays for the older folks to listen to and to come to a knowledge of God's wisdom. So those who have companions of the wise, you become wise. Those who companion are fools will suffer harm as you follow their advice. That's why this is a good verse to encourage parents to make sure that the companions of their children are also the wise. And that's why not just taking them to church or Sunday school, but also to vacation Bible school and any youth group that is going on in the congregation, the parents should be happy to drive the child there because he will have a companion of wise and himself will become more wise. Verse 21, disaster pursues sinners, but the righteous are rewarded with good. Now notice that in many of these 
verses where the antithesis to being a believer is shared with the antithesis of being an unbeliever, God often is not mentioned. But where do you think the disaster or trouble that pursues sinners comes from? God permits it in order to make a person aware of his need for a savior. In contrast to the righteous are rewarded or repaid with good. God is not stated specifically in that verse, but he is the source of the trouble and disaster pursuing sinners and the good that come to the righteous. And finally, the righteous are rewarded or repaid with good in eternity. And that's the wonderful promise given to Abraham and will be fulfilled for every unbeliever. Verse 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Now that can be confusing because what is being said here is that a believer leaves an inheritance even for his grandchildren. That inheritance may come by being a faithful envoy that brings the message of Jesus Christ even to his grandchildren. And he may be a baptismal sponsor and gives them a gift reminding them of the work of Jesus in their life. But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. What does that mean? Well, the sinner works hard at becoming really wealthy. Solomon, in his book, Vanity is Vanities, was saying just that. He said, I work hard to get all this wealth, and yet when I die, it is given to someone who has even worked for it. And that often is for the righteous. That's how God works. Verse 23, the fallow ground of the poor would yield much food, but it is swept away through injustice. This happened prior to the Babylonian captivity, that hardworking farmers who believed in God would grow a lot of grain, a lot of food in the fields. But then unbelieving people would use false balances to weigh that food so that the farmers got less money than they should have. And the farmers were angry when those farmers who were giving them so much more for so less were taken away into Babylonian captivity. 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, 
but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Now, that doesn't mean that you should take a rod and beat your son. The word rod there simply means the form of discipline. For example, at times I would come home late for supper because I was enjoying playing baseball at the school. Well, my discipline was I wasn't able to watch TV that night. And so it's very important that a parent who loves a child disciplines him. And when it says, he who loves him is diligent to discipline him, that means he promptly disciplines him when he does the wrong to help the child learn the true ways of God. You spare punishment or discipline for your son, he will live an immoral life. Verse 25, the righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the belly of the wicked suffers want. Now, what does that mean? The belly or stomach of the wicked suffers being empty. The wicked never are content with what they have because they always want more to protect themselves in their older age or to make them look good in the eyes of others. But the righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite because his appetite is based on what God desires him to have. And God will take care of the righteous. Whereas the stomachs of the wicked, they are never content. So some good thoughts from God in Proverbs 13. Join with us tomorrow in more Law and Gospel. Listen God to Law and Gospel you. each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.